Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, we have to change that to Dr. Smiley. I mean, people do not even know that I have a name, Ken Rashawn, anymore. I'll tell you that. So how are you, Andrea? I am fabulous. I've just had a wonderful, wonderful week. And I, you know, you know, we always tease Ken how people say I couldn't be better. Well, I could be better, but I'm feeling pretty fantastic. (laughs) Well, very good. I always uh, say to people that say it couldn't be better. I couldn't be better. I always say if someone was to give you $100,000 just transferred into your bank account right now, would that make it better? And most people do say yes. And that's what I'm manifesting today because I have big things in the works for the Keep Smiling movement and $100,000 worth of smiles would be phenomenal for what we're doing this year. Okay. Now, don't sell yourself short. You always have big things in the works. So I don't want you to have the audience believe that this is the first day that you have big things in the works. You always have big things in the works. Well, these are even, these are even, they just keep getting bigger and better. Okay. So then you can say biggerest. Biggerest things. Okay. Biggerest. Yeah. I love it. Right. So what is, uh, let's let's give a shout out to. Uh, I'm going to start off because we I didn't send you this text, but Amplifluence is a brand new sponsor of our show, and okay. so I want to make sure we include them. But go ahead, let the rest of them go. All right. So we want to thank Amplifluence, uh, the Red Carpet Connection, Perfect Publishing, uh, Voice America Influencers Channel. The Umbrella Syndicate, menfashion.com, and mymakeuplady.com. And who did I forget? The Red Carpet Connection. I think I already said me. And don't forget, please love on the Keep Smiling Movement, 501c3, dental and mental health. And we are changing the world by inspiring smiles with a dose of hope. Did I forget someone? No, you did good. And this is 800 pages of doses. Which I did forget about- someone. Bees.social, bees.social, socialbees.io, and bmore.io. Yay. I'm, writing that down. I'm writing that down so that we make a note of that. Okay. Yeah, those hey. are our featured sponsors. In fact, uh, I'm going to be with Snoop Dogg in <laughs> like 10 days. <laughs> so he's the headliner at the NFT Connect.one conference. So how cool is that? So uh, my crossing my fingers for a keep smiling card. I wanted to go to that too. But okay. Well, if we can Air get that hundred thousand dollars, then we can make it happen. Yay. Oh, we need a hundred thousand dollars for me to go. No, um, but, but uh, everyone, like even I'm paying to go. So everyone's paying to go. So uh, that's gotcha. part of the event because um, so uh, so those of you who are wondering what I'm talking about. So NFT Connect. One is a subset group of bees.social, which is a sponsor of ours. And everybody is part of it. Everyone is part of it. And uh, somebody from the bees was just calling me now. And they were probably in order saying to, that they need us, us to, there. We all give of ourselves to be there. So we're all a part of the community. So we all uh, give and participate and pay to be there. So um, that's our way of being part of the community and giving back. 
that sounds like a double give. So if someone gives their service, which is let's say 10,000 a day, which is obviously what you're worth, and then you pay on top of that, and then another person just pays, that would be a double give, in my opinion. It, well, it, it, if you think about it, it is a double give, but we're doing it for the community. So that is, if Ken, if you are invested, which you are invested in the Keep Smiling movement, for all the monies that us as an organization, as we give and love on other people, then that's more money for you because we all gave to the same situation. And and we're this. We're, what we're doing is we're showing the world is we're the same as you, and we pay the same as everyone else. So we're treating ourselves as equals to everyone else, and not that we're better than or anything else. So we're equal to them. And so that way it provides more money into their collateral and into their investment. And then we use those monies towards humanitarian projects and for other business projects that help change the world. Got it. So I'm a mathematician on some level. I mean, chemistry, physics. So yeah, a double so- gift sounds like, well, no, well, let me, let me make my point. I know you're dying to cut it. And, and so I just want to have a little. I, I'm not, I, I, I just didn't know. I did. I just wanted to, okay. I didn't know where you were so, going. So, I'll so a double quiet. give. A double gift is like a 2X is my point. So let's pretend like Oprah wanted to be at the event. She can't be there because she would have to pay to be there, even though her network is worth a lot, right? I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. So Oprah would not be allowed to be at that event unless she pays to be there, even though it would be like a double gift or even a bigger double gift. I, I think you, nope. I think you're muted. Yeah, everyone is paying to come. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So Oprah would not be allowed. For the record, Oprah, I'm sorry uh, to say. You, you know, would- Ken, they might make an exception for her, but I believe that she has a different kind of a give, and that would be her outreach and her so forth. And we might even pay her to come, but that would be, it's not my decision because I'm not in charge I, of this I know what, event. Andre, this is someone Dr. Andrea, event. listen, this is not even... Uh, this is not a conversation to be confrontational. This is a conversation of understanding. So what yeah, I'm saying. I, that's what I'm saying. I'll put you in contact with the people who make that decisions. I'm not the no, decision no, no, maker. No. You don't need to put me in contact. They would be calling me just like they'd be calling Oprah and saying, hey, we'd like you there because this is not a double gift situation. This is the fact that you are giving so much that you don't need to pay a ticket. That's all. That's all. It's that simple. So it was funny that we went from you have to pay and a double give doesn't count to Oprah would be possibly paid on top of that. That's all. That's all. It's, it's, and, it's and, just- and please, so I can be in full integrity. For those of you who are listening, I'm also trying to run the show. So I'm half listening to Ken while I'm trying to put in the stuff that we need to so that we can go live. And so I may have misspoke, but I do know that like for me, I'm paying to go and, and we're part gotcha. of it. And so there might be exceptions and it's not my conference. It's a subset of the bees.social. We're just supporting exactly. them. And they're a sponsor of this show. And so it was just like partnership. It's, it's a partnership kind of conversation. And you know what? Um, I, I can't say that I came up with all this by myself. I saw the photo of Steve Rogers. And when he has that pose, it's a, it's a pondering pose. Like, is this really happening? Or is there a better way to do things? And things like that. So I just want to say thank you, Steve, for that photo. And <clears throat> let's give a little shout out to all the amazing things we did this past week with regard to the key smiling movement where we didn't have to double pay. We just had to show up and give not only positivity smiles, but also legacy where we actually publish them. Oh, by the way, um, Andrea, I have your book handy. We are going to be re-releasing this book and we are adding the DR there, of course, and all the women empowerment. And then this book just came out last week after the show, 
Black History Year. It is celebrating beyond the month of February all African-American leaders that we have had the pleasure to work with, been inspired by, and golly gee, have them support us without a double X. God bless. Sounds wonderful. I'm really looking forward to getting that <laughs> it, done. It is wonderful because when people actually acknowledge your value, you are actually showing up as exactly who you should be. So, and speaking um, we of did, value and being valued, it sounds like you were really valued at the events that you were at this week. Would you share them with everyone? Dr. Andrea, I have to tell you, there's almost a tear in my eye that you made that segue so beautifully. Um, I want to thank Michelle Mraz and Avital Miller for creating an event called the Valentine Soiree. And they did it on the 12th of February in Denver, and it was magnanimous. And it was full of love, quality, amazing movers and shaker people. And I left there feeling full of not just value, but connection. And it was really awesome. So that was, and by the way, they're creating three books. So most events create zero books, if, as you can recall. I mean, if you do, I do about 100 events a year. You do about 150 events a year. The average event does zero books. Avatar Miller with Valentine Soiree, three books, three books she's doing out of that one event. Insane. Yeah. So very proud of her and very, um, very appreciative and um, blown away even that someone can think so big that they cause all that. So you also had a great event. Don't hide the fact that you went to a Super Bowl party and met, well, some of them you didn't meet, but Elon Musk was at that event. That was pretty cool. Elon Musk was there and we did our best to stalk him and find him. <laughs> he was uh, he was out of range of me and we did not locate him. We did look for him strongly. But I also didn't want need. to invest a lot of time. But we met Omar right. Miller. He was really sweet to yep. us and talked with him. And I met and spoke with Dr. Drew. And so that was very pleasant to spend time with him as well. There so. was someone else you mentioned. Oh, and we have to give a shout out to Julian Camacho who stepped into the plate, up to the plate, hit home runs with lots of cute smiling shots and very, very happy that he got those shots. And there was someone else that you said that you were looking for at that event that. Oh, we looked, we heard Lenny Kravitz was there and we looked. Oh yeah. Lenny Kravitz. And I didn't see either one of them. So, but they uh, were with Elon. They were wide space. They were with Elon Musk. I, I, the inside scoop is they were with Elon Musk. That could have been. I spent a lot of time with the people in the brain lounge because uh, we're a mental and dental health organization for the Keep Smiling movement. And so I, I met uh, General Holt. Uh, by the way, General Holt, uh, he is this gentleman, uh, obviously, of a great value in the military who now is um, making a stand for what's going on in the world with the Ukraine. And I got to observe him on two different television shows being, you know, satellited in via zoom or whatever other purpose uh, can, but he was talking to them about his feelings about how Russia and the Ukraine are taking over. So what a valuable asset he will be to our veterans books to have someone of such high power and say? such influence. Um, uh, I, I only got to hear part of it, but he was telling them that um, he's concerned that things aren't being taken seriously or happening swift enough that our government is being um, soft and telling, you know, giving threats and saying things are going to happen with, you know, taxes and tariffs when he's afraid that if we don't take swift action now and quit teasing them with that, you know, you're going to be in trouble, you know, that just to have them be in trouble now um, that it's going to be long and, and um, put a lot put over uh, one point million people 
at risk of trying, you know, refugees. So it's pretty scary. Very, very. Um, you know, there's another show that is uh, Be More Baltimore, and it's and they're not allowed to say anything about negative stuff. But I have to say, this is a this is a serious aspect of Amplified. Amplified is actually not just celebrating leaders that cause community and bring smiles to the world, but also people that step into their power, even if it's controversial and cause the world to be a better place, even at the risk of their character being um, being jeopardized. Mm -hmm. That's pretty crazy. Um, Elon Musk is probably listening to the show. So I just want to say it was unfortunate that you did not come out to see uh, Julian Camacho or Dr. Andrea to get your photo taken because you would have been in one of the birthday books as well as obviously many others. Yeah. And I want to thank Lee Steinberg. You know, he's been such a, a, yes. a nice man and how fun it was, you know, Ken talking about feeling important and being valued and, and, and um, people who think that you matter, you know, Lee treats me like that. Um, his Leanne, um, his person that works with, I, I don't even know what Leanne's title is. She's not an assistant. She's an amazing woman who stands beside I him. Think, I think it is Leanne's boss woman. Is amazing. Yeah, I think her title just, is Leanne's boss woman. Boss woman, that very well could be um, super amazing. Um, how she pulled she pulled together the brain lounge and the brain summit, and that was quite um, uh, quite instrumental in talking about how TBIs and mental health and brain health, how that all together affects a person, and how they're really looking for advanced technology to make a difference in people's lives. And so, well, uh, super excited yeah. about featuring them on here in the future. I hope so very soon, and we can even have Elon as a as a cameo. So we have an amazing guest. And before we go to that amazing guest, I do want to say my two cents about Lee. Lee has one of the biggest hearts. He does actually cause people to feel not just valued, but loved. And he includes people, causes people to step in their power. He's a person that I have the utmost respect for. So I'm so excited about him being not only the show, but part of Dose of Hope because he is a person that has created magnanimous things with just a vision. He is, he is a cool guy. Fantastic man. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's, I just really enjoyed him and it was a lot of fun. In fact, the, I think the funniest part was people kept saying, Oh, did you need a picture with him? And I said, no, I'm friends with Lee. I have bunches of pictures with him. So it was just, and they were like, Oh, you know him. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm here. You <laughs> so know, I um, for Valentine's and to come on Steve. So if you go ahead and come on. Well, well, before, before you bring Steve on, I just want to say on Valentine's Day, he is one person that I would, I would hug and, and get a picture of and show voice of, uh, on all the social media channels, even TikTok, even TikTok. And I am asking Steve to unmute and to come on camera. So hopefully he can hit those buttons and do that because I can't do it with, and I can only ask him to come on. There he is. Yay. So everyone, this is the amazing Steve Rogers. He's the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Lead to Gold and the IGI principles and creator of Alchemy Advisors Coaching and Consulting. He's a former Warren Buffett CEO who experienced a radical spiritual transformation that evolved into a new mission as a purpose 
purpose-driven consultant and entrepreneur coach and in-demand international keynote speaker and best-selling author. He specializes in helping owner, business owners and leaders increase their profits and bringing spiritual intelligence into every aspect of their personal and professional lives, inviting in success, fulfillment, abundance beyond their wildest dreams. And he considers himself a spiritual being having a human experience. And he lives in San Diego. Oh, I actually was supposed to be in San Diego today with his wife and trusted golden retriever. And when he's not coaching and consulting, he likes to bike ride, yoga, meditate, and spend time with his children and grandchildren. Steve, I was so pleased to meet you uh, at Prosperity Camp with Dr. Greg Reed. So thank you to Dr. Greg Reed for us able to meet each other and for me to introduce you to Ken. Thank you, Dr. Andrea. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure meeting you as well. Happy Monday and happy Valentine's Day. You've got your red on there, I see. Uh, yes, every day. <laughs> you know, Steve, you, you, you caused me to actually realize I should have worn red because there are red shirts in my wardrobe from men fashion. So, dag nabbit. Well, <laughs> so, Steve, man, with that intro, I have to say, we probably shouldn't have said anything about Steve, uh, uh, Mr. Stein, uh, no, Lee Steinberg and all the other things. We should have just brought you on right away because we need two hours with you. I don't know about that, but thank you for the intro. I appreciate it. So, we have a lot to cover in obviously 35, 40 minutes. So let's get to it. So we want you to be part of Dose of Hope, which is a book about causing hope to happen for people who've given up. They just don't believe there's another chance or another reason to be unstoppable. So I like to start with, where were you born? What was your childhood like? Yes. And I did look at some of your stuff on your sites the last few days and the Dose of Hope and made a donation for the Keep Smiling movement. And thank you for all the good work you all are doing because that's right up my alley. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised with that this morning. I was going to surprise Ken with it on the show. So thank you for doing that. It's, uh, we really do appreciate when our guests come on and love on us. So thank you. You're welcome. I'll, I'll make sure I'll be sharing it in my newsletter and pushing it out uh, once we uh, have this great conversation we're going to have today. So let's see where I was born. I was born in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Uh, I was the son of a Navy, uh, a Navy man. So we called ourselves Navy brats. My parents had five boys in six and a half years. So we were definitely a tribe uh, floating around. What, what number uh, were you? I was number two. So uh, number two of uh, five. So we always had an instant sports team to play something along the way. Uh, lots of wrestling, lots of fighting, lots of shared bunk beds and bedrooms between Norfolk, Virginia, Florida, up and down the East Coast as Navy brats. So can I ask uh, you, can I ask you uh, what number one and number six is doing? Number one is working as a maintenance uh, supervisor in Indianapolis, Indiana for a set of restaurants. And number six didn't exist because there was only five. So there was a total of five of us. Uh, <laughs> so, <number five. laughs> so, so the fifth one also lives in Indiana and he works for the Veterans Administration, which I know you guys do a lot of work with in the Veterans Administration. So he and his wife actually both work for the Veterans Administration. And uh, so that's a, the oldest and the youngest. And then there's me, who was a little bit of the black sheep of the family that left my house when I was 17. Uh, my dad was one of those military guys. This is my house. These are my rules. And if you don't like it, you can get out. I thought, hmm, I don't really like what you're making me do. So I guess I'm going to take off. So I finished the last year of high school on my own and never looked back. And luckily, years later, have rekindled great relationships with my parents. They're both still alive uh, and uh, love them to death. But I was a very rebellious teenager that caused me to be very adventurous and a little fearless going into life. And none of the other brothers were? Uh, not nearly, nearly as much as myself, no. Many of them still live locally close to, close to home. Uh, I had one brother that followed out here when he was in the Navy to Carlsbad, 
uh, in the downtown San Diego when he was stationed there, and he stayed out here. But I would say I'm definitely the most adventurous of all the five brothers. I don't know why, but I was the uh, rebellious one, the questioning life. What's it all about? What's higher meaning? Uh, you know, and I just had to go out on a quest. So uh, that quest has led to me to a lot of fun things. You know, I, I really relate to what you're saying. I didn't have five, but I had a brother and a sister, and they just watched me basically punished by a very strict army officer who was loving and wonderful. However, I didn't fit the mold of what you're talking about either. So what was it that caused this? I, I mean, I don't even have answers for myself, but what do you think it caused you to be, whether you're number two or number four or whatever, to be the different one, the black sheep? Yeah, I think part of it was that my, I, I was brought up by parents that had a very strong Catholic faith. And they were very, very religious, which I appreciated. Um, but I, I don't, as when I was a teenager, I really started rebelling against man-made religion, if you would. And so I got a little uh, boisterous about that. And that was a conflict. And then also my dad, who was in a military environment for 20 years, he was used to being the chief you know, petty officer and having people under him do what he told them to do, whether they liked it or not. And when you're bringing up five boys and you're trying to uh, parent in that way, it doesn't always work. And I think that I just had a soul that I was born with that really had a calling to do something more adventurous. And I, that caused me to question. So from a very young age, I was a seeker. I was a questioner. I didn't take the answer just because the answer was. And that created a lot of conflict. And it also helped me to realize when there was conflict, I realized at the time I didn't know this, but when there was conflict, there was that old thing, break down, break through. I realized I was felt like I was learning more the more conflict I had. It may have been painful, but I felt more alive when I was doing that versus conforming. I will say that the answer you gave was right on, okay? But deeper, deeper. What, it, what do you think it is that caused you to be so different? I think that the thing that caused me to be different is that I allowed myself to voice that I was different. Hmm. I, I, I knew that there was something that didn't fit in the flow of the normalness of what was being shown me out there. And, it, and, I, and I, I didn't, I felt strong enough to say this doesn't work for me, whether it was stuff that my brothers, neighbors, friends, school friends were doing. I just was always a beat off. I was like yeah. a half a beat off or a beat off. And I felt strong enough to take the bullying, take the pressure and speak up that this wasn't for me or I didn't like it, even though I was supposed to like it, whatever it might have been, whether it was certain sports or certain clubs or certain friends, I just decided to take the abuse of being out of link. Um, and I think that caused me to go, I am different, so why hide it? And I'm still figuring out that difference as my life evolves on. And I'm 59 years old, but that, that difference of being out of step and then being in step with myself is what finally blended. You know, I think we're addressing one of the biggest questions of why an Elon Musk or a Snoop Dogg happens. And I don't know what Snoop Dogg's life was like, but I did read Elon's book. And you're speaking to the point that that person that's different, they just keep causing the problem. They keep showing up as the issue. And I applaud you at 17. And I, I think I was right around that age. I think it was 18 that I stepped out and just said, you know what, this doesn't work. But I was in trouble all the time. And you almost have to take all the troublemakers and bring them into a conversation that you're not troublemakers. You're actually just trying to make the world better. Yeah, absolutely. And you're trying to understand 
I mean, yes. a, a lot of times people um, that I found is they were not even questioning why it was the way it was, even right. if it didn't, even if it shouldn't have stayed that way. It's been that way for 20 years. It's been that way for 30 years, whatever it might be as an example. When you're in the flow of mass understanding and mass acceptance, people stepping out of tune, it takes more time to address them. It takes more energy to address them. The kid in school that doesn't want to study the lesson the way you have them study it and takes more time for the teacher. The person who challenges the court system on something that's been a law forever, it takes more time for people and people would rather just get on with it and they'd rather have you do what you're supposed to do. And it is the Snoop Dogs of the world or the you know, Barack Obama's or the uh, Oprah Winfrey's or the whomever of the world that chose to take a different step and a different path and said, I don't care if it's going to take a little more time. I need to learn this. And then key, hopefully, is they also wanted to share something new once they learned it. That's where I found going from a troublemaker to a change maker was the big difference. So my son's nickname out of the gate when he was blue and then turned into life was Game Changer. Because I wanted to understand, I will applaud you being different. I will applaud you challenging me. And I, I don't know if you heard, I think you heard the dialogue in the beginning, but I want him to actually challenge that he can have a new conversation. Absolutely. And he doesn't get in trouble for it. And you're so right. Uh, there are so many people that are causing the bystander effect of we're not going to challenge the fact it could be better because that's the way it always is. So Thank you for that, Steve. I mean, that's really. Can I interject awesome. something? Please, uh, a by the way, mine. I want to say not only can you interject, but you you actually texted some great questions. I'd like you to bring a couple of them into the conversation. Uh, sure. I, just about someone standing up to be uh, to make a change or not be a bystander. Uh, Bella Verita, uh, who um, we know through Unblinded, um, she's with uh, the Unblinded team and Sean Callagy. Uh, they were at Lee Steinberg's event as well. On the flight home, there was a gentleman who, well, he wasn't a gentleman. He was rather um, violent and um, disrespectful to his wife and, and acted out towards her and no one did anything. And she finally stood up and said, will you stop it? And he called her names and they had a, a verbal altercation. And wow. but he then was pinching his wife's leg and being really mean to her. And unbeknownst to them, they had said that they were returning back to, um, uh, to, um, the airport. Well, what we didn't know at the time is that was a NFL football player who, um, I forget his name. I'll look it up here and tell you guys in a minute, but they turned around and arrested him and took him off the plane. Oh, wow. So, and she was the only person to stand up and tell him to stop physically abusing and verbally abusing his wife. So how how cool is that? It's not only cool, but it's timely because as you wish, Dr. Andrea, cliffhanger so we are going to be going to break very soon and steve it's all about you and what you're doing in the world to make not only a difference but make smiles happen so we're going to go dig deeper in the next half and go ahead andrea give us a little shout out to our sponsors and whatever else All right, so we want to thank our sponsors, the Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, Perfect Publishing, Voice America Influencers Channel, and uh, Social, socialbees.io, bmore.io, and I feel like I'm uh, Amplifluence, and oh, menfashion.com and mymakeuplady.com as well. So thank you guys so much, and please love on www.thekeepsmilingmovement. We inspire smiles by creating a dose of hope to save lives. 
we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't follow. We lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, Dr. Smiley here with an overdated intro. We are going to take care of this, Steve. I'm telling you what, I'm thinking like you. How do we make this show better all the time? And it is actually stepping into Dr. Smiley, if that's who my identity is, and why am I not using that all the time? So we are so excited to have Stephen back. And Steve, we've had a great conversation about what it is to be <clears throat> different and potentially disruptive and I wanted to take that a little deeper with how you created who you are. And we didn't get to the bottom line of what it is that causes people to say, I don't understand this. This doesn't work. Or can you explain it so I understand why it would work in my yeah. life? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I always go when I don't have the answer fully, because if I keep unpeeling the onion and unpeeling the onion, I always go for myself right to God. That's God juice energy expressing his or herself. You know, if you look at God energy, which is the sum of all that is, anytime there's this bubbling up that we don't fully understand, to me, I look at that and I say, okay, that's God trying to talk to me. That's God trying to have me interact in the world and contribute differently or learn more about the world. So when I don't have the full answer about the socioeconomical, uh, the political, the family definition of whatever that is, I always go to the most important and underlying about what's the spiritual message in that. You know, um, so much is said by your background. You have a background, yin-yang, and it is the black and the white. It's the complement. It's the collaboration. And that is my symbol on one of my computers I use very often, but it's also the symbol of what I call wellness and wealth. Wellness happens when wealth is included in the dot, and wealth happens when wellness is included in the dot. And I want to applaud you because you chose that very carefully for people to see, and you're giving a gift to people that balance has to be in your life, but the complement of actually energies have to be in your life. So why don't you speak to why you chose that in, in your own language? Yeah, the yin and yang sign for me is, um, you know, symbolism is something that has subliminally or obviously been in our psyches from the time we were little kids, whether it was badges you got in schools, being a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout, 
uh, getting, you know, smiley faces on your paper at school, getting gold stars, you know, those things that we grow up with that are symbols of something. And in religion, uh, you know, religion has had crosses or it's had the yin and yang symbol or it's had different things along the way. So for me, this yin and yang symbol represents balance. It represents it's the earth. It represents balance. It represents higher and lower. It represents the light and the dark, which we all have. Uh, and it represents that balance that you're talking about. And balance in the way this thing cycles is it looks like sometimes it's upside down to people depending on how you turn it. But for the other person, it's always in balance. So it allows the individuality. It allows a continue continuation. It allows understanding that you don't have to block out darkness, but you do have to incorporate it and you do have to let the light envelop it. So it's a reminder to me of the whole balance of my internal soul. And then what I'm also doing out in the world, when I walk out in the world every day and if I'm engaging with others or watching a television show or talking with uh, groups, I realize within that or orbit that I'm in, there is light and darkness in there. And there is light and darkness for a reason. And there is night and, night and day for a reason. And there are the tides that come in and out. So for me, it's a constant reminder about something greater than myself. It's, it's a constant reminder about the power of the universe. And that in all things and all days, I have to be in awe. I don't have to, but I choose to be in awe of the magnitude of the universe. And that symbol helps me remind that, to put that in my psyche, my thinking, and my conversations all the time. Well, what I love about that symbol beyond the symbol is your choice of the artist. Your artist has shown the imperfection of it not just being black and white, that there is unknowns. There are so many colors and gradients that show that we don't understand all of balance, no matter what we ever think we know, <laughs> it will never be understood. And that, that diagram of what we know, what we know we don't know, and then what we know we don't know, what we don't know we don't know is so huge that that photo for the very first time has shown me the yang in what we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Great catch. That's very, very true. Well, and it's such a powerful symbol. It, it actually ended up being the symbol on the cover of my last book and, and modified. And it also ended up becoming a tattoo that I have on my arm. Uh, and I was 56 years old before I ever yeah. got a tattoo. I was one, even though I was a rebellious kid and a teenager and adult, I never wanted a tattoo. Mm -hmm. It just never appealed to me. I, I seemed like I would have had a tattoo with all I did in my life, but I never did. So I was speaking in Kuala Lumpur to, to a large conference and my wife traveled with me that time. And um, we ended up going to Thailand for a little extra time of R&R &R and vacation. And we were walking on the beach, balmy night, and, you know, the sun was just setting. We had our white linen clothes on and we were just being, you know, Thailand tourists, enjoying the balminess of the magical of the evening. And we were just enthralled with the culture and the people there. And we were feeling very spiritual and very in, in, in romance and all kinds of different things. And I look over and I see this tattoo shop down one of the streets on the corner. And jokingly, I said to my wife, I said, oh, look at all this beauty, this magnetism, this, all the stuff I was saying to you. I said, we should get a tattoo to remind ourselves of this. And then she, and she also doesn't ha didn't have a tattoo at the time. And she said, hmm, maybe. And she said, maybe like a wife would say, maybe, like maybe, versus a wife says, maybe, like maybe. Like, you know, that's never going to happen. Um, and so that night, I, thought, I wonder if she's going to go from maybe to a yes the next morning. So that night I spent time, what would I want on my body if I was going to have something on my body? So I created this, is on my arm, and it has 70, 72 different symbols and meanings within the tattoo, not just about the yin-yang, but many of the things we talked about. Can you about. show it closer? Can you show it closer? 
It's got Iggy, which is inviting God in versus edging God out. Ego at the bottom. It has the tree of life. It has the lightning bolt. It has the colors from the chakras from red up to, to purple. The fonts, uh, the elephant font here in the Iggy has meanings about, so, and there's numerology, different things. So it took a lot of like, you know, time, thought, and energy to do this whole yin and yang on my arm. And people say, well, it's upside down because when I show it to them, they think it's upside down. And I go, no, it's actually just perfect because it's for me to look at and to remind myself to stay out of my ego and to stay in Iggy. So uh, that's, that's what it's for. And I ended up, I showed that to my, when I was writing my book, I was going to go with a completely different cover. And I showed it to uh, my, my book editor, who I think, you know, actually Mitchell Levy, who does. Yes. All that. So, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. So Mitchell, yeah. And Mitchell said, Steve, you've got to put that on your book cover. I'm like, huh? I said, I never thought about putting that in my book cover. So we talked about it and we ended up converting a version of it to the front of my book cover. I love Mitchell. And um, thank you for taking the time to share that. And it was Kuala Lumpur. You got your uh, tattoo, right? Well, I spoke in Kuala Lumpur, but it was in Thailand. It was in uh, Phuket in Thailand that we got the tattoo. Phuket, yeah. My okay, wife got, got one as well. She got a little tiny symbol. It just says "Be humble" on it with a Sanskrit symbol on Sanskrit uh, symbol on it. I thought she was going to have see Steve's tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I'm uh, with him. <laughs> do you know, do you know uh, Scott Stratton by any chance? I do. Yes. So he has on his forearm, and it's for him to read, not for mm -hmm. the world to read. And it says, "My life is my message," and it's in like uh, typewriter font. I don't, he, yeah, I don't remember seeing, I don't remember he had a tattoo, but I do know him from an event or two that I've attended. Well, I, I was so I, impressed. He, he was in jeans and a white t-shirt where his arm could be exposed. And I had to just come in with my Zoom and get that arm <laughs> tattoo. And, and it was Gandhi's, my life is my message. And it's very symbolic that. of your message too. I love the placement of your yin yang and your book. And I was going to obviously go there next. So you, you're doing the, the perfect thing there. But I'm going to take a stab at why you didn't get a tattoo before. You know, I, I, I can I take I'm going to take the stab yeah. first. Go ahead. You ready? Ahead, because I'm tattoo list and I'm, 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 I'm really in the, the mindset of I'm ready. So Fleur de Lis and Yin Yang are my are my like feelings of what I want to put. But the reason you did not get a tattoo before that day is what I was feeling. So I'm going to project it. So I am constantly evolving and I don't want anything permanently to identify me as something I am not later. That's, that, that is definitely part of it. That's great. And I, I thought when I saw people who got like uh, names of other people on their body and then they may no longer with them or, <laughs> like, you know, sports teams or they have to like get it crossed off or whatever. So that would be part of it. Yes. I also think growing up, my dad had an anchor, like a ship anchor on his arm. And I remember a few times being swatted by my dad more than intently and seeing that tattoo come at me. That was probably one of them. Um, and I also thought when I left out of my house and I left when I was 17 and I never, gra I, I mean, I graduated high school barely uh, by the skin of my teeth. And I ended up going to a few years of community college, but I never got a degree. And so I was very, very self-conscious about not having a degree. So I think part of me thought, oh, if I get a tattoo, I'm even going to be like, oh, that guy doesn't have a degree, he has a tattoo, he's all tatted up. And it was my own bias of my own, uh, you know, small thinking on that. Uh, so there was probably a combination of all those reasons. But when I put this on here, there is not a day that I've regret re regretted getting this, this uh, tattoo. And when I'm 80, I'm sure I'll still enjoy looking at it because anything that has a, a God or spiritual meaning in it too is, is timeless. Well, I want to devote... Uh 
almost all our energy to the rest of the interview to Iggy Ego. So let's talk about the book. Let's talk about what you're doing with the book and what you hope to accomplish, not with the book, but just the impact you're, you're creating. Well, it's a lot of uh, very much on the path of inspiring spiles uh, like you guys are doing. Um, and I have been a seeker uh, my entire teen and adult life, me- being a seeker, meaning I, since I didn't graduate high school, doesn't mean that I still didn't want to learn. It doesn't mean that I still don't want to better myself. It doesn't mean that I still don't want to be around successful, healthy minded, uh, contributing people in the world. So I sought that out through reading, through self-development, Think and Grow Rich, Wayne Dyer, seminars, workshops. You know, I became that guy or gal that in their teens or 20s, Uh, Yes, I was partying and doing things, but I also was equally digging very deep into the spiritual slash self-help world. And one of the the people at the time um, who passed away a few years ago, but Wayne Dyer, who I'm sure many of us all remember and and, and know Wayne's work. um, And I heard uh, Andrea mentioning about uh, Bob Proctor passing away just just recently on the last show. And I I had known Bob. He was on a He's on a, was on a, a committee with me on a couple of different things. But when, when mentors like that or people that are changing things pass and their message carries on, it's wonderful. And Wayne Dyer is one of those people. I mean, he went on to do PBS. He was on Oprah. He was on his own massive book uh, year after year. But he evolved from being the psychologist into the spiritual leader thought person that at the time was pushing against the grain of being what they thought Wayne should stay doing in the safe lane he was going to be in. But anyway, in, in many of Wayne's books, he did have a simple saying. And it was, when you are an ego, you're edging God out. Or if you don't like the word God, you're edging good out, or you're edging greatness out, or you're edging grace out. And I remember reading that, and it was just so simple, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. I was probably in my mid-30s, climbing the corporate ladder in a real estate company, and, you know, suit and tie, and meeting my goals, and meeting my sales quota, and I couldn't get enough of just being the number one guy, getting the Mercedes with the symbol on it and yada, yada, all that stuff that I was, I had to have for identity, I thought at the time, but I thought, God, I am really in my ego. And it's not that ego doesn't serve us. I mean, ego does get shit done. I mean, a driven ego, it just gets shit done. It does. But there's balance that we're talking about, the yin and yang of that. I realized I was way too heavy in my ego and I was not then serving others on the opposite of ego. So I said, God, if if my ego is edging God out, How can I remind myself every day, every moment, every conversation to stay out of my ego? And I thought, well, that would be inviting God in or inviting greatness in or inviting good in. I thought, "Hmm, I-G-I. And I thought, oh, Iggy. or And and at the time, around that time, Will Smith had a song out called Get Jiggy With It. Uh, And so I thought, oh, Iggy, that's a cool word. So I literally, for myself, it was like, I wrote it down. I put it in my notebook. I started doing affirmations on it. And I went online 15 years ago and started saving domain names. Iggy, got Iggy, get Iggy with it. Iggy CEO, Iggy Commerce. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it, but God said, boom, save this. It's going to work for you. It might work for others. So for 10 or so years, it was personally for myself. I used it as mantras. I used it at right. And I used it as a barometer to, to scale myself every day, every hour, was I more an Iggy than ego? Uh, and and I, Iggy again? Say Iggy again. Inviting God in, or if you don't like the word God, it's whatever your G is, greatness, goodness, grace. So Iggy, inviting G in. I choose the word, you know, I choose to use the word God. Everyone doesn't have to do that, but it's the opposite of ego, edging good out edging grace out, edging God out. So for me, it was just this, this opposite that we were talking about, the yin and yang. So that was the other reason that the yin and yang 
sign came together as well as Iggy over ego. So the Iggy principles ended up getting birthed in my own writings of my own journaling. So I started writing, what is an Iggy principle? So I started writing down about forgiveness and gratitude and paying it forward and all these different things that I started then writing principles about for myself. So I created a very simple process that I used internally for my own evolution. And I started then using it with some of the people that I worked with, some of my customers, some of my clients, and I just started talking about Iggy. And then I eventually knew I would probably write a book about it. So Iggy uh, got birthed about two years ago um, and I wrote the Iggy Principles um, and I wrote it with Mitchell Levy. And Mitchell has a cool process where he does it in a multimedia book. So it's got, you know, videos at the end of every chapter. It's got pre-written social media swipes and it's now on Audible. And it's also caused me to roll into my own podcast and video show that's, uh, that's uh, launching. So it's just been this calling. We were talking about what's that voice that calls you to, to do something or to be a troublemaker or to be a change maker. This Iggy thing has been pulling at my shirt or tapping on my shoulder or pulling at my heart for, since, the days I, since the day I read the word edging God out. So I have a lot to say to you, Steve, and much love, much love for all that. Um, first of all, Iggy, phenomenal. I, we came up with a dose of hope and dose was dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. And we finally came up with what hope is to us that encompass that dose part. So dose goes in, hope comes out. Mm. Okay. And hope is hold on pain ends mm. because it does end when you have hope. And so I just came up with this and I don't know if it's going to serve you, but I want to say it because you talked to my heart. So here we go. Iggy, I Get life, G-I-T. I get life. And here we go. You ready for this? <clears throat> Inviting God to life, including fulfillment existence. And, I, and it's not perfect, but you're talking about the journey of life. Yes. And if you're actually enjoying the journey, you're fulfilled and your existence counts. I love so, that. Give me the um, left again. So I'm writing it Ken, down. you guys have something else that are, is paralleling for me and hearing you both. Ken came up with how one of the assessments for us on whether we're successful with the keep smiling movement is for people looking at and measuring their smiles per hour. So their SPH and you and your Iggy principles, um, there is an assessment there as well. So where, and how does that work for you? And, and it might even be through their Iggy, they get an SPH or something like that. Um, and then Ken, for you, certainly the principles of what we've come to learn through SPH. And then I wanted to share that um, both of you were making me giggle because, um, Ken, when you and I were at Digital Footprint in Atlanta many moons ago, mm-hmm. I came up with an idea. Ken and I were like at the beginning of the show where Ken's poising something and putting me on challenge and, you know, confronting me with something. And I, I, you see me, I care front and then I <gasps> react differently to it. And I had come up at the time to do a yin yang of business relationships. And I've owned that domain um, for years and I accidentally let it go last year. I just rebought it while you guys were talking because I've been wanting to do that book. In fact, I talked to somebody at Secret Knock um, who I talked to in Atlanta about doing that book. And she said, you're right, Andrea. Uh, she's really empathic. I can't remember her name, but I said, I, I, I've been wanting to do this. Um, and I always wanted Ken to partner with me, but now I see it's bigger than both of us. And she said, it is, it's time for you to make that bigger. So thank you both. Wow, that's awesome. Being called forth, that's your tapping on your shoulder, you're pulling of your heart and that voice that just won't let go to make sure that something has to be birthed, which is that God energy expressing. So cool. So Steve, from one rebel to another, I'm going to say something a little bit, um, I guess, edgy. Yes. So 
I'm Dr. Smiley, and I got my PhD through IUE, International University of Entrepreneurology. And Dr. Andrea got her second PhD through International University of Entrepreneurology. What I want to say to you, Stephen, if I can call you Stephen, um, is that you, you belong with a DR because you're the rebel of actually causing people to have an insight of how their ego actually detracts from their Iggy. And I, I think that's your PhD right there. And I want to let you know, if we introduced you to them, you would actually not have to worry about whatever high school or college experience you've had. It's about actually showing up with all you've read, experienced, and uh, downloaded yeah. to create the it who you are. If you do it um, for as a case study, you can look yes. at all the businesses in your own self for your success and failures in business. And it was it's actually it was very instrumental. And then um, I I started Ken coach, coached him through the beginning so he could complete that on his own, and then coach some other people and their other PhDs outside of that school. So we'd be happy to help you. Well, thank and, you, docs, docs and docs. I got two docs here on with me, so thank you. Well, thank you. The, the reason Steve is because you're coming across on two levels. One level is you, you're very humble and you share that you didn't get the education, but you were a personal development junkie, for lack of a better word right now, and that you are qualified to be in front of people to guide them through the journey of life. And you are a doctor in that regard. And I, 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 I almost want to call you doctor because of this amazing conversation we've had today. Yeah, and, and you brought up education a couple of times. I just want to say you're massively educated in wisdom, you're massively educated in insights, and obviously your principles that you're sharing behind your, your visual plus your book shows that you are the PhD of life. Well, thank you, Dr. Smiley. I appreciate that. Well, that's very, very kind of you, and I'm humbled that you would say that, so thank you. And, and this learning quest thing has been, yeah, very driven to me, and also the mentoring thing. I know many of you, are, are you two here on the phone and many listening, know the importance of mentors. And I realized seeking out mentors that had specific knowledge or lifestyles or beliefs or their happiness factor or their peace and wellness factor. So I've had a coach or a business advisor or uh, something of that effect since I was 26 years old. So, you know, I'm 59. Every single year for since I was 26, I've paid to have a expert in the field of what they do to help me be better, to be challenged, to call bullshit on bullshit, to put a mirror up to me, to challenge me to learn new things. And between that self-development path, workshops, seminars, meeting people like all of you who are well-versed in, in the world and doing well and being of servant leadership, and I highly get that both of you are very much into servant leadership, that specialized learning also, it was invaluable to have a one-on-one -on -one experience with someone that was so passionate about what they do. So I can't talk highly enough about anyone that's listening on the call. For those of you that have mentors, coaches, advisors, um, you know, whether that's paid or unpaid, I mean, having somebody who can individually guide you by the hand, by the heart and by the mind has been priceless to me. And it, and it really does feel like I've gotten different degrees in different areas of things I would have never learned before had I not had the grace and goodness of these mentors, men and women who've helped me uh, to, to get on my path. That's fantastic. I, I actually had a, a thought. We're going to go to rapid fire very soon, but I do want to say shout out to Mitchell Levy. He did do one of the best interviews of all time with me about social proof. It was interesting. That's my main topic, my main expertise. There was no book I'd ever downloaded. I only spoke of it and he extracted it from me and created this wonderful book. Anyone that wants that book, you can have it as an ebook for free as a compliment of Steve Rogers and his quest to actually get Iggy into your soul as well. So we're going to go to rapid fire. We have a very, very short amount of time. So book to change your life. 
Sounds great. Books that changed my life. I would say uh, Paramahansa, Paramahansa Yogananda's uh, Autobiography of a Yogi. That's an amazing book. Um, uh, Andrea? Um, uh, what, what, what did you want to be when you were a little kid? You wanted to grow up and be what? I thought I wanted to be a uh, my, my marine biologist. Um, and uh, to a degree, I became a little bit of that at times. So that would be one thing. And then I also wanted to be something that really created life's adventure of continual journey, like something that had travel. It wasn't a travel agent, but it was something that had continual global journey. Well, in essence of time, I'm going to just take the last two real quick. Uh, a movie that inspires you. I would say one of those would be, um, oh, God, there's so many. Uh, you can say two real quick. Okay. How about The Shack and then Slumdog Millionaire? Huh. Both phenomenal. And The Shack is William Paul Young, who wrote in this book, The Dose of Hope. So we're excited. He's part oh, of that. Very cool. And what's a quote you live by? Uh, breaking through resistance is the price you pay for the dream you say you want. That is a quote. That is a quote. Well done, Steve. Um, as, as the bonus, who's someone you want to meet you haven't met? Uh, I want to meet uh, Richard Branson. Fantastic. Steve, the show's about amplifying leaders that cause not only life in others, but create community and positivity. So thank you for allowing us to amplify you. You are an amazing soul. I can't wait to see you, meet you, and uh, create a friendship with you. My, my pleasure. Thank you, Docs. Docs, we've got all these Docs here on the, <laughs> the phone. So thank you for your passion and your invite and all the good work you're doing in the world. It is more than needed, more than ever before, in every heart and soul from any diversity, any uh, segment of wealth, uh, low, medium, or high can use what you're doing and can amplify it. So thank you for making that so universal. Thank you. Dr. Andrea, let's take us out. This is Ken Roshan, our Amplified Influencer Channel. And uh, again, another tribute to Jeff Spinard for his vision of allowing us to amplify the life of leaders like Steve Rogers. And thank you much, so much to our sponsors, bees.social, bmore.io, socialbees.io, the Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate, Perfect Publishing, menfashion.com, mymakeuplady.com, and Amplifluence. Cool. We'll see you next week. Stay amplified. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.